0: Hello, it's Sarah.
1: And Catherine.
0: And Catherine. (laughs) Very exciting. Welcome to or welcome back to Hack Your Universe. I am very excited to have my very first guest on here. I'm very happy to be here. We're nervous. We're feeling wiggly right now, but... On brand. That's okay. Very on brand. We're coming to you live from Erie, Colorado. What a state. What a place. We are living the dream out here, visiting my sister. It's definitely fitting that Catherine is my first guest because we are made from the same soup
1: what does that mean what what does that mean
0: honestly inspired by a glennon doyle episode of course um she had a guest on who was talking about her theory that souls are made in bunches like there's like a cauldron here with these kind of traits and qualities cauldron here cauldron here and there's a bunch of souls made in each cauldron and then they get sprinkled throughout time and sometimes you meet people and you're like yes you were you were from my cauldron we are made of the same soup and we are that for sure
1: yeah, same coven, witchy, all the things.
0: Yeah, and we have a lot of a lot of things in common. Like almost too many things in common.
1: It's one of those souls that you cross paths with, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this makes sense." Yeah, we were we were supposed to meet. Like, we're both yogis. That's a big one. Yeah, theater
0: kids. That's how we met. <laughs> oh, On the cast of Legally Blonde. <laughs> I think that that is a trauma bond. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> High school theater is is something else. It's really important, I think, in the time to give you a cult to belong (laughs) to. But looking back... It's creation of identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking back, it it did a lot. So what are some of the things you feel like you took away from high school theater?
1: I think that it taught me how to use my voice Mm. in a way that... I wasn't sure how to do before and even though theater doesn't show up in my life in a literal sense anymore it still gave me a lot of lessons yeah
0: I I totally agree like it did a lot for my confidence like just the experience of being on stage and like being seen by so many people was wild like I remember just feeling so afraid and every time I did it it got a little bit easier and I was like dang like I don't know and that's such a formative time for identity anyway and like just to be seen and heard and have the confidence to get up there and do that was
1: and I think being being given a space to do that, being given a space to say, hey, these are your lines. This is the space that you fill.
0: Mm -hmm. I think theater in general, also acting specifically, teaches you a lot about empathy because I remember like doing character work and you would have to get into the nitty gritty of like, okay, how does this character walk and why do they walk that way? Like, how do they blink? How do they talk? Like, what body part do they lead with when they move? Like, it, it's very yogi in a sense, you know? It's very much about that mind to body connection and like, how does that show up in our physical
1: world? And so much of what theater taught me taught me how to be a good yoga teacher. Yeah. Even from projecting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And because
0: it is... I like to think of it as a conversation, you know, teaching yoga, but it is also a performance in a way. Like you're you're on stage to some degree, so that definitely definitely informed my ability to just like get up and teach, you know.
1: And I talk to people that are so nervous about public speaking or so nervous about an interview or any of these things that I think theater really prepared me well for.
0: I think our experience in theater definitely hit its peak when we performed at that international thespian society <laughs> convention whatever what was it i don't know some festival in greensboro and we prepared a duet I it was chosen got, for us we got
1: pretty randomly paired together
0: and the song was um who will love me as i am from sideshow
1: and who would have thought that it would have
0: been such a breadcrumb in our life oh my god it the words are huge and the the context of the the show is like there are these Siamese twins and they're connected physically and they're like in a in a circus in a freak show kind of and it, this song is them singing like i'm an individual and i am a part of this pair and like i want to feel love for like who i am inside oh. the, the words are beautiful We won Superior, too. We did a good job. We did a really good job. (laughs) Yeah, go listen to that song if you have it. Should we sing it for them? No. (laughs) No. Definitely not. (laughs) Like a fish. (laughs) Yeah, what a time. Together, we should write a book one day about... All of
1: the chapters, all the things. And we used to say we're on the same wavelength about things. And we, we had experiences that things were up and down, but we found each other in a really... Lucky pairing.
0: Yes, and we ebb and flow exactly as we need to. And we have the LRHS Theater Department to thank for all that. Roll pride. Roll pride, roll. Um, What else? Kids. We both love kids, work with kids.
1: Yes, I was a summer camp counselor. I think when I try to describe myself to people, I'm like, I was a theater kid in high school, and I'm a camp girl, so that's my me. Yes, yes. Um, We're both
0: impacted by space madness. And what is space madness? What is space madness? Oh my gosh. So, Icarly, probably the best show that's ever aired on television. There's this one episode where they are invited to do a web show from space, but first they have to go through this space simulation to like make sure that they can withstand like <laughs> the energetic experience of being in space. And The people, the people running the simulation were like, warning, you might experience this thing called space madness where you literally just lose your marbles and go crazy. And of course they did. And it was hilarious. And so that kind of became our. Our term in our friendship for like when we were just feeling like too wiggly to function, space say, madness. We
1: have space madness. And I use that term with other people sometimes and they've no idea what I'm talking about. And yeah. that's when I'm reminded that Sarah gets it, she's got the context. Yep. Yep. That's why we're friends. You need those friends who just have seen it
0: all. You've lived <laughs> you've lived a lot of lives, been through a lot of things, and you're bonded. And let me just say I am so grateful to you, Catherine, for fully understanding my space madness because never have I ever had a friend or partner or anything that like just knows what I need before I do. And it could be the Virgo in me that's matching your Gemini. Yeah. We both have that like that mutable energy, you know, like the gray, like the the no rules kind of attitude. But you definitely have that like earthy groundedness that just Pulls me back to center when I get a little too a little too lost in space. Take a step
1: back, assess the needs, yep. go from there.
0: Feel your feet on the floor. <laughs> yeah, we have been through many, many eras together.
1: All of the lives. Yes. A question I've been thinking about recently. Hit me. Do you think there was an era, a time in history that you like really would have thrived? Um. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. Honestly, no. None? Um, I don't know. That's hard. Maybe like the Salem witch trials. I think I <laughs> I have I to, think I would have thrived. Let me stop you there. I have to disagree. <laughs> you would have
1: been burned right at the stage. Ah, fuck. You're right. I mean, I would have fit in
0: though with all the witches. All the witchy stuff. Well that's okay. Yeah. Okay, good question. What about you?
1: Um, I have been in my like grandma era I'm really into embroidering right now like a little cross stitch moment she embroidered all four hours of the plane ride (laughs) and I was thinking about how I would like be so good in I guess renaissance time I don't know like being able to be a beautiful woman sitting by the (laughs) fire just working on my embroidery because that's where I'm at right now so maybe I would have thrived then as well
0: yeah I agree good answer I'll have to think on mine but I'm still sticking to my Salem witch trials (laughs) All right. Well, what era do you feel like you're in now, currently, besides embroider girl era? Oh my gosh.
1: I am in a lot of eras. I just got back from a wonderful, beautiful trip to Hawaii. I was teaching yoga there and was really in my grounded era and my <laughs> um, like consciousness era. Feet in the dirt era. Feet in the dirt era, grub era as heck. But it was so good and I learned a lot. Um, but I also think I'm, I'm in the silly era at all times. Oh, yes. What eras are you embodying right now? Ooh.
0: Well, I've been calling this my Sarah era. And that just means, like, doing me. <laughs> Being a little selfish in the best way. Like, finding my finding my routines, my non-negotiables, the things that I like to do. Figuring out what my needs are. Um, I mean, the podcast has been a huge part of Sarah era. Like, that's a dream I've always had. So, like... Why wasn't I doing it? I don't know, but here we are. So, podcast girl era. Um, I'm also in my martini era. (laughs) If you know, you know. And with that said, like, I feel like I'm in my one drink era. Um, This should be a whole episode, really. It probably will be one day, but like, I just have been like drinking less, going out less, going to bed earlier, waking up earlier. Um, And that's like what I love at my core and kind of like. That's what I did for a long time, and then I got, like, a little lost from that. Um, So it feels good just to kind of, like, do less and be sober more and feel better, (laughs) quite frankly. No bullshit era, honestly. Get shit done era. But also silly era, always. Honestly, that's the word that I associate you with most. Like, you're just silly. (laughs) And you make me silly. You bring out the silly in me. We bring out the silly in each other, and sometimes... Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing, but
1: we're always learning. You I, think, know? I think it's a good thing, and I, I think that I can be a resident expert on silliness. I do have the word tattooed on me. Yes,
0: yes, you do. Somewhere,
1: silly. Silly, silly is on the inside of my
0: lip. <laughs> this is like one of those moments in history, in our friendship history at least, that like, I just knew that I had found something special in you. We were like... I don't know, young, younger. I don't know. We just really wanted to get our lips tattooed, and we made cat we made Catherine call a bunch of different tattoo shops in the area, in order to get our lips tattooed, and they were all like, "No, we don't."
1: It was awful. I was. The only one that was not 18 years old, so I couldn't get a tattoo. And so I called and had to say again and again, hey, do you guys do lip tats? (laughs) I have a video of her on
0: my phone, just like shaking
1: red in the face, (laughs) like calling
0: these tattoo
1: shops. How mortifying. We did not end
0: up getting them that day. But silly girl, silly
1: life. A silly time.
0: So let's talk about silly. What does it mean? How do we get there what are some of the mental blockages we have against being silly? We were talking about how silly is one of the most neutral terms. Like, yeah, it kind of has like a, a a little connotation, like a positive connotation, but it's more, it's more neutral. Like anything can be silly. And I think it, it primes you with a good attitude to just kind of see things for what they are. Like something bad happens to you. Oh, that's silly. Something good happens to you. Oh, that's silly. silly.
1: And that for me came from when I was a camp counselor and kids are just the silliest, right? Like whenever a kid was saying funny stuff about, you know, what the fairies and the trees told them, it was so silly. Whenever a kid was throwing rocks at me, oh my gosh, so, so silly.
0: Yeah. That's my whole day. You have to look at it through that lens because otherwise you'll go crazy. If you try to like control the situation, especially with kids, it's like, no, they're going to do what they want to do. They're exploring everything without limits and you got to meet them right where they
1: are and give them that silliness right back. So I think taking the literal definition of silliness out of it and just using it as the neutral term and the neutral attitude of, okay, this is silly. It can be silly and that's okay. Yep.
0: Yep. You reminded me about the boop as pattern interruption thing. I was going to use this for a different episode, but I feel like it's perfect here. I was watching this show, and long story short, they they talked about a boop. Like, you know, when you boop someone's nose? They talked about that in terms of pattern interruption. And I was like, yeah, that's the boop. And, like, when a kid does something silly or, like, something happens to you, it's, like, it's just a boop. It's just a silly boop. Just wakes you up. Just a change. (laughs) Step back. a A glitch in the simulation, you know? (laughs) One mantra you told me recently was connect to your childlike sense of wonder. (laughs) We were actually working out and Catherine inspired me to look at each exercise as if it were a game from our childhood.
1: So like if you're doing ball slams with those weighted balls that it's not very fun. But then you think about when you used to throw the ball up against your garage.
0: Yep. Or Or like a fun game
1: rope. Jumping rope, just double dutch, double I'm just dutch. double dutching with my friends in the driveway, and it takes you <laughs> back, connects you to the childlike sense of wonder, takes you out of maybe the misery of a workout, and into the fun of the games you used to play. Yeah, dead ass. It's the childlike sense of wonder, which has really been an excuse for the ridiculous behavior I sometimes <laughs> <laughs> exemplify, and I think that if I'm doing something incredibly silly, I'm just saying, Oh, I'm connecting to my childlike sense of wonder.
0: Yeah, you're doing it for the doing it for the kid in you. And right? I
1: think that deeper the deeper level is you're trying to heal your inner child and you're doing the things that he or she would want to do. So recently I've, I've loved the transportation of skipping. (laughs) I have cared a lot less about what people think. Um, so I like to sing out loud, especially in public. Um, and it's just, it's all game.
0: Yeah. It's all game. And I think with any game, you got to just keep playing it. Like not caring what people think about you is such a scary concept. It's like, how do I, how do I actually do that? You just keep playing. You just keep doing it over and over until it loses all of its meaning and you actually don't give a fuck. And I think there's a lot to be said about connecting to those things that you enjoyed as a kid, like like skipping, as you said, because that's the, that's the good shit. That's the silly shit that the world kind of tells you to force down, but you got to actually bring up to the surface. But anyways, let's talk about having a go-to dance move because in my head, like when I see you, I see you doing the edgy noodle. And this is a dance move that you you made up, Jake Baneshevs. Jake Banchez. Jake Benischewitz. Shout out to a fellow, a fellow <laughs> trauma bonded thespian from high school. <laughs> Catherine just
1: like when she dances, she looks like
0: what we call an edgy noodle.
1: And if you don't have a picture in your mind, I'm an incredibly lanky individual, and especially in high school, I hadn't really grown into my body yet, you know? I didn't have that mind-body connection that yoga so gracefully taught me, and I was just pretty awkward, and so the edgy noodle came out of some sort of choreography in a musical we were in that I couldn't quite master. (laughs) And now it is my go-to dance move, and um, it's...
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, I picture, like, something bad happening to you, and you, like, giggling and being like, that's silly, and then just doing the edgy noodle. <laughs> like, what a better way to respond to life's difficulties than to do the edgy noodle, you
1: know? So have a go-to dance move. It, it embodies silliness, and the, the silly attitude can also manifest physically
0: yes yes one of the kids in my life (laughs) recently taught me how to do the sturdy is is it the sturdy the steady I don't don't know. know I can't remember but clearly not not cool enough to keep up with the littles these days um and then we were going to try to do ecstatic dance while we were here. I don't think that's going to happen, but can you explain to them what ecstatic dance is?
1: Oh boy, it is so wonderful and so silly. Um in my time in Hawaii, I got to go to a community where ecstatic dance was kind of born on the Big Island. And ecstatic dance has no rules. It is the embodiment of silliness. And it basically takes you through this musical journey and you just get to move your body. And we sometimes said we were twerking for the ancestors, like <laughs> healing these ancestral wounds that we might have by movement and just not caring. No one cares at all how you're moving, what you look like, any of those things. You're just moving. And the edgy noodle definitely came out in that time.
0: I love that. Yeah, I get wiggly. Wiggly is one of my favorite words. I feel like it goes right along with silly. Like, that's wiggly. I'm feeling wiggly. Things space are madness. Space madness, yeah. wiggly, silly, all all cut from the same all cloth. All are
1: synonymous.
0: Um, let's talk about laying on the floor because this is one silly way to connect to your childlike sense of wonder, I guess. Just oh, get yeah. back to center, regulate your nervous ground. system. We both love the ground, love the floor.
1: Right now we are sitting on the we floor. We are, we actually. are. I need different types of floor time depending on how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think one that always comes to mind is when I'm in distress, it's usually in the kitchen. I don't know <laughs> what, what that says about me, but I usually have hardwood floor time because... The houses I've lived in have hardwood floors in the kitchen, and so I just need to sit there. And it just grounds you, and you take a breath, and it's cool Mm -hmm. regulation.
0: Yeah, it's a boop, right? Because we're so used to standing and sitting and like laying on supported surfaces. The floor just
1: floor does yeah
0: connects you to the earth the root chakra <laughs> <laughs> Truly. yeah and we love uh we love a leg up the wall moment that's the best
1: oh yes you're like, supported
0: post shower
1: legs up the wall in a
0: robe legs up the wall on my phone this is the best aka it's simply the best
1: draining your legs yeah how i was introduced to it yeah it's, it's amazing get upside down you know get upside down
0: yeah Let's talk about routine versus rules. I think routine is holy. Routine is God. Routine is like creating bones for your day. And I think it's really important to ground you in the like larger structure of your life. However, I think rules is where we get a little wiggly and not in not in a good way, at least for me, at least. I, I don't do well with rules, but I do really well with routine. And I think it's really important to find a balance between, okay, what are these larger things that I need to fit into my life, but how can I approach these things with enough flexibility that I don't feel like bound or constricted? Because if you don't, then they're just rules and rules imply this like moral obligation to comply and I just don't I just don't jive with that like you got to have a strong day but loosely held there's got to be some space to play space to change
1: you know I love that yeah it I think rules are constricting and how are you supposed to wiggle and be silly when you're following all these rules? I understand that some rules, you know, make (laughs) it easier to function in society, Right. but a routine I think grounds me. I love in the morning journaling and reading and drinking my lemon honey water. Like that's my routine in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's not a rule, but it's a way to start the day where I feel grounded, but not constricted.
0: Yeah. And
1: you should never know what day it is.
0: I Ever. think that's one rule of living a silly life. Even if you know the day, if someone asks you what the day is, I don't
1: know. And it makes you feel a little more aloof, a little <laughs> more mysterious. <Yeah. laughs>
0: or like <laughs> if it feels like a Wednesday to you, but it's actually a Monday, it's Wednesday.
1: It's Wednesday to Ugh. me.
0: Who, who knows though, like really what day it is? I'll tell you who definitely doesn't know what day it is. Four, five and six year olds. So every day when we do circle time, before we do like the big question of the day, I always ask them like, what day is it? What month is it? What day of the month is it? What year is it? What season is it? What time is it? What's the weather like? Et cetera. We kind of ground ourselves in reality. And let me tell you, the number of times I've been like, what day is it? And they're like, 2023. Or like,
1: what month is it? Tuesday. (laughs) It's the best. It's like, you're right. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It, I have been doing a lot of hiking recently, and uh, when you pass someone on the trail and you're coming back and they're going there, and they're like, "How much longer is it?" I like to make up the answer to that mm-hmm. because you know time isn't real, distance distance is not real.
0: <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's what you feel in your heart. That's of true.
0: That's true. Distance is it's relative, right? It's not about how f- fast you get there. It's not about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb, it's right? It's the climb. In the words of Miley Cyrus, it's the climb. Find the joy in the journey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, in that same vein, though, cutting out absolutes is like the most important way to live a silly life. And also just like be happier in general, because if you're constantly walking around telling yourself like, I never blank or like I always blank, then your brain and body are like receiving those messages and your universe is going to respond.
1: You're writing these rules and this narrative for how you should live and how you do live. And it's getting back to how can you use your language to affect how you go about your day
0: yeah 100 percent. i talk about that all the time like just i i try so hard to find neutral terms for things just to kind of like ground us in reality because we just get so caught up in language that's so positive and so negative and our experience takes the shape of whatever words we're applying to it so like how can we just look at the thing objectively and sillily
1: sillily (laughs) don't put yourself in a box with the words that you use
0: yeah Words are worlds. That's actually an episode coming soon. W- words are worlds. Uh, but yeah, no nevers, no always, no forevers, no mistakes, no mistakes. Only learning experiences. Only learning experiences. That is definitely a way to be silly and connect to your childlike sense of wonders. Just remember, like, it's not that serious. Like, every mistake is a teacher. And when things don't go the way you want them to, like, you're collecting so much data from those things. And You got to just pause, be like, that's silly, and sit with the feeling, sit with
1: the things that you've learned, and move the fuck on, right? Backing up out of the experience, saying, what can I learn from this? It's all very temporary. (laughs) And
0: on the real, like, all of this isn't to say that you should act like a child and, like, be naive and put your blinders up to, like, reality and consequence and rules and all that. Because I understand, like, all of that has a place in our lives and in society at large. It's just, like, when things don't happen the way you want them to, like, meeting yourself with that same grace and patience that you would a child still, like, learning the ropes of life, you know? We're not supposed to know everything or get it right every time, but also like do better when you know better and be an adult most of the time. But also skip, you know, when it feels right. Don't be afraid to boop yourself, boop the world, funk up the formula, interrupt the pattern, let things be new and a little silly. And that's what kids are so good at is like seeing everything as new and like they don't get clouded by the things that they remember or the things that they think are going to happen. They are like really embody living... In the present moment. Presence. Yes.
1: Silliness is presence. Yes. There you go. I think the silliness of language can also extend to telling jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> jokes.
0: Everything's a joke. Everything is a game.
1: It is. And you can just make it a game. And I like to tell jokes to myself and to others.
0: Wait. Tell them the one that you told me earlier.
1: What's a dentist's favorite time? 230. <laughs> 230. That's so good. Did you make it up? No, and I've heard it a lot of times, but recently I've told it to some some crowds and they've gone nuts. Like, get this girl a friggin' microphone. Yeah. And you know, ego boost for sure. But if you can have some jokes in your back pocket, oh yeah. How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that is good. I will say kids. At school,
0: a lot are like, can you tell me a joke? And I'm like, I don't really know any.
1: Oh, it's good to
0: just have them, yeah, have them in
1: your back pocket. I love also having children tell you jokes. Yes, yes, because those punchlines are oh, just they're just ridiculous. out there, out there, very silly.
0: Um, yeah, talking in riddles is also <laughs> important.
1: No, no one, <laughs> no one ever needs to know exactly what you. Yeah, mean. beat around the bush, keep like, the mystery, keep the mystery. <laughs> say everything
0: except for what you mean <laughs> <laughs> that could be <laughs> no I'm joking I'm joking I do do that sometimes and I've I've had to work on it like I just get a little flowery
1: you know and it's like what are you what are you trying to say Sarah? and sometimes it doesn't matter and you can keep that joke and that riddle to yourself and just let the world wonder wow yeah. what's going on in that person's brain they seem silly
0: yeah So true. Um, Another thing I've been doing recently is talking in INGs. And this is funny because when I first started learning to teach yoga, like my yoga teacher was like, cut out the INGs. And I think that's important for a yoga room. But I noticed that I didn't really say them in real life either. And now I've started saying them again. Like, for example, I'm loving you. Like, this has been my my most current phrase, like, I'm loving you. I'm loving this. Like, right now, I am loving you. <laughs>
1: I think I think that language brings you back into the present Yeah, that's moment. what I'm saying. It like, is grounded. Right now, I am loving you. In the present tense, yeah. loving this, loving you, missing you. Yeah, like, I don't know if I'm going to be missing you in a moment,
0: but, but I'm missing you right now, and, and that's what matters.
1: <laughs> honoring the current feeling. Yes, exactly.
0: Let's see, what other what other tips and tricks do we have for the people about Living a silly life.
1: Mm, Taking guidance from the wind. Oh my
0: God, the wind. We should have led with that, honestly. The wind is like the motif of our our friendship, of our bond.
1: Absolutely. And this
0: all started during COVID. Um, When the world shut down, we were both on spring break. I was in Spain. She was in Savannah. Savannah yes. And as soon as things started to get a little more serious, we were texting each other like, so where are we going to go? Where are we going to live? Because like when the world is ending, you'd come over, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to be with the your soulmates your people yeah and so we landed in the beach yeah
0: we decided to run away to my grandma's beach house which is we're so lucky <laughs> we're, the, we're the luckiest girls in the world we honestly are the
1: luckiest.
0: um and we just like chilled out and laid in the sun it was such a blessing honestly like
1: And it was such a time of reflection and stepping back and thinking about the things that matter because the world was ending.
0: Yeah, and like, oh, I was going through a breakup at the time. Like, it was a total like spiritual reset for us. We just got to be ourselves, and like, we I don't think we had really spent a lot of time together in a long time, and. We're one of those friendships that like we don't really talk a lot. <laughs> like we're not texters, we're not callers. Like we just kind of rely on convenience to support our friendship, which I think is like perfectly fine. Like I don't. I think we are. It, brought, needs it, the works, it works. It works for us. The
1: needs of this relationship. Um,
0: and like COVID was a time that like really brought us together. And um, anyway, we just did a lot of like talking and thinking on the beach, particularly about the wind. Like one day we <laughs> had. Some Flaming Amy's burritos,
1: (laughs) which are really... uh, It's our favorite food on the planet. It is. And it is a spiritual journey whenever we eat those burritos. Yeah. And we were sitting on the beach and the wind was insane. You know, those days on the beach where just like, you you can't sit up straight. Yep. And I posed the question, where does the wind
0: come from? Where does the wind come from? And we just talked about that for way too long. And we just came to the agreement that like the wind is just this like magical force in the universe that when you really sit with it becomes super wild and like the wind is gonna blow things in any kind of direction and we can't control the wind but we can we
1: can go with the we wind. can go with the wind we can feel the wind in our face and like let it change us and I think when I posed the question it was more of a scientific term. Scientific question because I don't really understand how wind works. Um, It's something I'm still working towards. (laughs)
0: Google does not give you an answer.
1: Really, I don't think anyone actually knows though. It's that's That's the thing, and that's the thing about using the wind is this spiritual guide to take you these places. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going to take you. But how can you give up a little bit of control and just let the wind take you where it needs to?
0: Yeah, you know it when you feel it, like the wind. The wind is responsible for all of your nudges. All of the nudges to yourself that tell you, like, you need to go this direction or not this direction.
1: So open yourself up to it. Yeah. Feel the wind on your face.
0: Yeah. Another weird part of that story is that... That was your grandma's birthday. And Catherine's grandma, Grandma Lucy, is like one of the most magical humans on this planet. Like she is definitely from the same soup as us. She is
1: also in our cauldron. And so it was her birthday. And so I called her after we'd been talking about the wind all day long. And I went inside, no wind to be seen. And I FaceTimed her and she looked at me and she said, Catherine Lucy, I am Catherine Lucy, named after her. She said, Catherine Lucy, what is that wind? And I was like, what? what we are you? were tripping out. I was out. like, what do you mean? And she said, I see I see the wind. It's it's on your face. It's blowing, blowing your hair. Blowing your hair. And we're like, our
0: jaws dropped. We were like, are you serious? Like, like, how did you know? How did you know we were talking about the wind for multiple hours today?
1: And that is the beauty of listening to the wind and letting it take you. And you'll find these people in your life, like Sarah is to me, like my grandmother is to us, that can see the wind. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what a beautiful time! We also made a lot of art while we were at the beach, and it was super healing. Like I remember us sitting down and being like, "Paint your heart," or like, "Paint the thing that you're f- that you're feeling the biggest right now." And oh my god, I'm actually just remembering this. I made this piece about my sad heart at the time, and. We went inside and left them outside to dry. And remember, we came back outside and they were gone. And the wind had taken them. And we were like,
1: the wind. What was the wind? The wind. We got out what we needed to get out, and then the wind took it from there. Huh. I forgot about that.
0: How cosmic. And on that note, creation. One of the biggest keys to living a silly life, connecting to your childlike sense of wonder, etc., i feel so sad to hear the story i'm not an artist be it from kids adults whatever everyone is an artist and i will die on that hill like just create something anything at all in art there are definitely no rules art is where the most beautiful silly comes out all right any any final thoughts for the people about us our life our silliness how
1: to live how to live sillier play games as much as you can Games. Play games. <laughs> play games. <laughs> in in every sense of the word, play games. Race your friends. Race your friends. <laughs> yeah, have races. Uh, do you know how freeing it is to just sprint at full force? Yeah.
0: Try it sometime. I do. I see the kids doing that on the playground all the time, and I'm like, that's so awesome. Like, this one kid will always come up to me and be like, will you see how, how fast I can run? And I'm like, yeah. And he'll just, like, sprint around the playground, and I'm like, wow. That's, like... Why don't we do that anymore? I think we should. Like think about meeting your friends outside, like on summer nights in your neighborhood, like just playing games. Like why don't we play games anymore? Yeah,
1: until like, physical you were games,
0: in. not like card games or board games. Like physical, like capture the flag, like games, tag,
1: hula hoop. Oh my god! Jump
0: rope. Like let's
1: make this the summer. Even though we're not going to be together, spring summer of games spring summer of games connect to that childlike sense of wonder connect to when you got to go outside and it stayed light forever and then you get to do it again
0: yeah all right well I think I think that about covers the silliness what do you think
1: I think that we're preparing a new generation to be really really silly
0: yeah I hope so you got to start with the kids right and that's just not that's not just like they The actual kids in the world. It's like the kids in the adults in the world, right? Learning
1: from them. Peace begins with the child. Silliness begins with the child.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Catherine Lucy Blanding McGee, for
1: being my first
0: guest on this podcast. It was truly an honor.
1: Sarah Scott McCauley. I cannot say enough good words. (laughs) Thank you for being my my partner in silly. Oh, yeah. I'm loving you. Loving you always.
0: All right. Well... Let us know what you think. Let us know if, if you have any questions about what we meant <laughs> <laughs> or how to how to be silly. But um, we're gonna go enjoy Colorado.
1: Yeah, we are. I hope that everyone enjoys the places they are in.
0: Yeah, let's go. Let's go have a race. Woo-hoo. All right, XL. <laughs>